This episode of the Chicken Nick Podcast is brought to you by The Beanery. Go to thebeanerycoffee.com, click on the menu, find everything that they can offer you from hot drinks, cold drinks, smoothies, some food as well, and everything in between. Locations in Ashland, Gretna, and Papillion. Got a drive through to make it quick for you as well. It's The Beanery, serving people coffee. The 2011 NCAA College World Series. Brought to you by Bank of the West from Omaha's TD Ameritrade Park. I cannot hear air. Welcome back to TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha alongside Adrian Fiala. I'm Kevin Kugler. We'll check in with Matt Schick a little bit later on. I can't hear a word you're saying. It's uh, what everyone thinks about come yeah. Collins World Series time. That's, That's just how it goes. That's true. It's a, it's a tradition unlike any other. I cannot hear air, the catcher, and ah! That's just, is it sad that that's what I think about with, with the CWS? It's a, and the TD Ameritrade you know, Ameri tragedy. I mean, there's just all things that have nothing to do. Beat Rose telling a joke that I didn't, that I was a little nervous about. Like, that's the kind of stuff I think about. Not, not you know. Double plays and and pitching depth. I don't think about that stuff. Did you see the uh, the picture that Severe put out on oh, Twitter of you yeah. with Pete Rose? Did that make you feel nervous as you watched that? Picture? It did. I had PTSD. Like everything came everything came rushing back to me on how you see why. I, I mean, I'm trying to really like lean in and have like a <laughs> a, a look on my face. Like, hey, look like you. Look, maybe, maybe, and you know, you seem like a, you're a stand-up guy. You probably never did this, but you know, and you know, maybe at some point you peek over at, you're taking a test in school. You peek over at the, at the, the, the paper next to yours. You, then you look up at the teacher, the teacher's looking at you and you got to get that look on your face. Like you're really, you're like thinking about the question like, oh yeah, um, <laughs> God, yeah. That's what I'm, that's pretty much me with Pete Rose. I'm just, I'm just, I'm acting like I'm deep in thought about baseball. Yeah, you know, just, uh, you know. You know how to hold a bat? You hold a bat by its wings. <laughs> that's, that's a good line. He didn't get it. He didn't no. get it. Everybody's a little nervous. <laughs> we put a couple of uh, Twitter polls up there with regards uh, to that moment, and uh, I thought the results were fairly interesting. Again, just a, just a couple of polls here. One was... And I had actually thought of this when I heard you do the everyone's a little nervous right. thing. Uh, the question was, did you sound like Ted Lasso when you said uh, everyone's a little nervous? Everybody's a little nervous. Um, and it did sound like Jason Sudeikis. Have you seen Ted Lasso? I have not. I've seen clips of it. Everybody, I've had multiple people tell me, you know, like, Elaine, you gotta go see the baby. It's Nick. You have to see Ted Lasso. Like I've had no, I've numerous people telling me this, but I've not, I've not sat down and watched the show. You gotta see the baby. When are you gonna see the baby? 
Can't they just send us a tape? You know, maybe if you wait a few more months, it won't be a baby anymore. Then you won't have to see it. Uh-huh, because it'll be all grown up. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you gotta see the baby. So... Yes, I was in that Ted Lasso stuff too, and but I didn't have Apple TV, and I'm yeah, not going to spend either. ten bucks a month or whatever right. it is. To th- we were planning on doing a seven day trial. Kim and I were like, can we find a seven day period where it's it's bingeable, and we seven day trial it, binge it, and then you know return it to the store with the with the receipt? Like, is that possible? I don't know if they do the trial thing, but you should wait till uh, the second season comes out this summer. But to your point, right. Uh, my brother came out to uh, visit, he and his wife, they came out to visit a few months ago, six months ago or so, and uh, they brought their Apple TV connection, and and they said, have you seen Ted Lasso? I said, no, but we, we'd like to. We'd heard about it. And they had already seen it, but they said, we'll watch it again. Well, we binged with them for three days and watched the whole thing. And uh, uh, you would like it. I bet I you would. would like you would really like it. Well, so um, does do you have the clip? Does it sound like, do we have a Ted Lasso? Everybody's a little nervous? It's it's more. I don't know if it's more Ted Lasso as much as it is Jason Sudeikis from like SNL. Okay, okay. There are just so many great. <laughs> there's so many great lines that he has in the in the show, but I don't know if it's more Sudeikis than it is him. Gotcha. Like he doesn't really shout a lot. Right. Uh, like you know, he's got. Hey, Sam. Come here a sec. Coach, I'm I'm sorry. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. You know, that's great. He he gives good pep talks. He right. does certain things. Uh... That's great. I love me some Sudeikis. I know I'd like the show, but the problem is, you know, it's weird the the things you'll like irrationally like. You'll spend money on something, but then you're like ten bucks for ten bucks a month. Like, ah, no way. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. But yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, you can't justify. But then you're in line, like, oh man, I need that four dollars Snickers. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'll go to. I'll go. I'll. I'll go. Yeah, you. You name it. Maybe. Maybe wants to go to to Runza all the time. The amount of it's like, yeah, no, no problem. But like ten bucks a month. Nah, 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 nah. We're not going to do that. Come on. <laughs> you crazy? Crazy? Do that. So the. Uh, the poll was, did Nick's Everybody's a Little Nervous sound like Ted Lasso? 32% said yes. 6% said no. 62% said, I've never seen Ted Lasso. Oh, so there's a lot well, of folks that, that are uh, that are like you in there. Yeah. So but- that's a... That's unfortunate. And then we had some good reaction to uh, last week's episode, but one of them, one of the questions was, for those who have listened to this week's episode, do you want the Michael Severe laugh to be a show mainstay? (laughs) And, of course, the Severe laugh, which you don't hear a lot of in society, but his his was... (laughs) You know, that was... uh, 66% said yes, 34% said no, so the yeses do win. (laughs) Uh, and then we asked, what was the best part of last week's pod? And okay. there was a... <laughs> we're going to do this again? We're going to do the this op- again. The options were Will Bolt up in that thing. That boy, Will Bolt up in that thing. Oh! Pete Rose, everyone's a little nervous. We had the Say Stafe and the Jeff Kinney. Say Stafe uh, took, the, <laughs> took the reins with 40%, followed by Will Bolt, 33%. <laughs> 
So, yeah, it was. A- and uh, say safe, say say little say safe in uh, in in Lincoln as a Buffalo, my man. never gonna die can i be honest i voted on that poll and i didn't <laughs> vote for say steve because i wanted to try to minimize the amount of say say steve say say steve say 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 steve someone did do and, and I, we don't do this enough a a take on the scotch frost yes slowing it down slowing it down because as you stumble through this oh man is it bad it's I mean it's not good if that's what you're if that's what you're wondering <laughs> and uh say stafe say say little say stafe and uh in in Lincoln as a buffalo moment horrible <laughs> <laughs> that was you that was you Oh, so anyway, thanks to everyone. We're going to do more voting. Uh, we need to do more polls. We so, need so. more voting. Actually, put it on a poll. Put a poll up. Do we okay. need more voting on poll questions on this show? Put it to uh, a poll. Okay. Should I put these polls up while we're recording? Should might I be do that? Gr- might be the right move. Okay. I'm not going to lie we- to you because sometimes it's hard to remember what poll we thought of in the middle of, a, of an episode. All right. You know so saying, should we do- – uh, how about this? Does this – Twitter account need more weekly polls, and then I'm putting this out right now, and then people can uh, people can vote. All I right, love so it. we'll do that. I think that's good. I'm going to make people sure I will be like, my "Oh, vote. this doesn't make any sense." Oh, guess I should guess I should vote on that. Yes. All right. Yeah. So there's that. Have you been following the uh, College World Series at all? You know, uh, you know, I'm a guy that usually watches every pitch, man. Every pitch, every play, man. That's how it's got to be for the old. Two week long CWS, but your boy has been on vacation, so I and I've been away from a television other than when I watched Game Seven of various NBA series. But no, I've not watched one pitch. I've literally not watched one pitch. But I am totally down to discuss anything you want to discuss because it'll bring back old memories of me pretending like I know what I'm talking about. With you like, haven't watched the one thing you like. I, I like, like pitching. Unfortunately, I have, uh, I'm trying to change, man. I'm trying to change my ways and what I lack. Yeah, so uh, that, that's – yeah, there's not it. a lot well, to talk the about. Okay, there were a billion so, strikeouts uh, Sunday well, night. It's either home runs or strikeouts, so it's interesting. No, uh, but I'm – okay, so you, I'm, you boys in, in Florida. Yeah, boy. I'm on a, we're on a family vacation with another great family couple that we, we love and adore, and their kids are here. We got a pool. We're five minutes from the beach. And so instead of – I like pitching. It's I like swimming. <laughs> I like pitching. I like swimming. I like pitching. I like swimming. I like pitching. I like drinking. I like pitching. And I did like the fact you really, this Uh-oh. was interesting, the, the podcast choice that you made here for your own personal pod. You went... From Kenny Bell, yep, to Willie, yep, to my buddy Willie, and like that's like you are covering the gamut, totally. You're that's one totally of the greatest receivers I know of all time in the history of Nebraska. To your buddy Willie, like yeah. you really do. You're equal opportunity. I, I am. Do like that. I am. I'm 100. percent And you because know, my because so my buddy was like, well, are, you know, how are you going to present me to your audience? Like, are these people going to be like, who is this guy? And I told him, I'm like, listen. The amount of so I listen. I'm an avid listener of the Bill Simmons podcast, and there are times you'd be like, "This is my buddy Hench. He's 
He's a he's a Yankees fan. We're going to talk Yankees. You're just like, okay, all right, Hench, here we go. We're just going to listen to you talk about the Yankees, and it is, and it's fine. So you know, don't outthink yourself. But yeah, I mean, Kenny Bell up up to the plate. Willie Clefcorn on deck. That's just how it goes on my pod. You never know what's going to happen. Who's in the hole? Who's in the hole? I think probably going to go with a second cousin somewhere. <laughs> just going to we're just as we go down the line, we're going to get more obscure. That's pretty much what the plan is. Or I might go way off the grid and go with a guy named Bo Root. Might just surprise everybody. You just never know what this pod's going to give you, man. Bo Root again? No way. You know what you should do? Uh, drink an alcoholic beverage with him. Hey, I would love to do that. You know why? I like drinking. I like pitching. <laughs> <laughs> By the oh, way, you I mean you've been you've gotten your beach game right a handful of times with kids. What is it about when you take kids to the beach? I mean, it's like when you're putting everything in your car, it's like, okay, are we moving to the beach permanently? Like, do we really need sixty-five thousand toys, twenty-six thousand towels, fourteen umbrellas, a spare swimsuit in case the unthinkable happens, and two coolers of snacks in case you get the munchies for 75 minutes at the beach. That's what it's like. Why is it like that? It's almost like you bring in your whole earthquake kit. Like, you just you just never know, right? right. You just never know what might happen. But it's true. Like, we're going to the beach here in about, well, at the end of July. We're going to drive out to Hilton Head. And I'm already thinking, how can we take as few things as possible? Do they have chairs there at this place we're renting? Yes, great. We're not taking chairs. Yeah. Do they have towels that we could wash there? Uh, maybe. All right, we'll bring one towel. Like, I'm just trying to make sure we don't bring a lot because they've already said, you, sorry, you can't park at the beach. There's limited parking. Oh, really? So right. what am I going to bike with my tent over my head? Like, no, I'm not. How, how am I going to do this? So, yeah, it's very stressful. It's very stressful. The food aspect is always stressful. Brutal. The towels. Brutal. The snacks. Brutal. Yeah, the last it's thing you brutal. want is a 300-yard walk back to a house to go get graham crackers. And, I mean, what you find out is, you know, strollers don't stroll on sand, so you got to take the kiddo out of the stroller. And I mean, it's just a disaster. By the time you get everything set up and sit down, you're like, all right, who's ready to go home now? You're like, all right, we'll go ahead and just uh, pack everything right back up one more time. It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. The amount of stuff we brought every time is just, it's, it's ridiculous. I did want to ask you one thing here. Uh, speaking of uh, your podcast with Kenny Bell. Yeah. It was really good, by the way. Okay, I would invite yep. everyone to go listen to the conversation that Nick Baugh had on the Nick Baugh podcast brought to you by Her Dad Media with Kenny Bell. Did you know you did the thing that we talked about? What did I do? Here we go. Let me see if you can pick it up. Unfortunately, Stanley supplanted you for yeah. the number one spot in career wide receiver yards and career receptions. But, you know, look at it. I think you're fourth in career receiving touchdowns, tied for fifth in most 100 yard receiving games in a career. Uh, so, right now, you're, I think you were number two in career receptions right now with 181. Okay. So, at the very beginning, you said, I think you're fifth or sixth. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you did that a couple times there. I'm like, that's just what we do. Yeah. And I don't even fault you. Like, I think you're, I think you're kind of, I think you have 142 receptions. When I it's say, great. when I say I spent the 20 minutes, I had all the questions ready to go, but then I spent the 20 minutes leading up to the actual, like, beginning of the interview, combing through the Nebraska <laughs> record books. I knew the exact number and re of all that stuff, but you can't, I don't know. I, I didn't want to get too, uh, 
I don't know. I wanted to make sure that he didn't think we was getting a stalker game right. But yeah, I did. I'm caught. I can't make an excuse. I no. can't do that. But it was good. He was. Uh, he I was didn't good, know he man. held all those records. Right. That was. I, I I was telling somebody. I think I might have told you this last week. It's nice, like, it is nice to be able to have enough time elapse to where you're comfortable to ask certain questions that, like, if I would have interviewed Kenny Bell five, six, seven years ago, I may have been a little hesitant to ask about the audio tape or whatever, like, all those things. But when time goes by, you're just willing to go there, and he was down to go there, so it was just, it was fantastic. He's got nothing. He's not risking anything. No, nothing. Yeah, I still can't believe we've talked about this a million times, but we were the timing of our radio show coinciding with arguably the most fascinating. I mean, well, so our our show was only three years, but you could make a case that 09 through 2012 was the most tumultuous, drama filled, amazingly content gift from the gods type of stuff you could ever imagine during that time, right? I mean, it's nuts, all the stuff that happened during those three years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no there's no question. Um, yeah, imagine if our show came around during the Mike Riley tenure. Oh, cranky. <laughs> right? Get out of here. I like drama. I like pitching. Oh, no! So, but anyway, uh, Kenny Bell... You you wonder how much money he could have made off his name, you know? Maybe, Ooh, uh, he yes. I mean, he, uh, if there was one he, guy that would have gotten a few a few bucks, he could have it, done it. It's like uh, it's like NFL players that retired in like 1985, and they look at contracts now like, man, I could have made hundreds of millions I know, of dollars. I um, know. I mean, in endorsements right, and all this, right. and now you've got to be if you're a college athlete now, or maybe you retired or, or your eligibility was up even last year. Like, oh great, all of this is coming and. And this is a, I could have made some money off of this. As we were recording this, the Supreme Court ruled on the Alston ruling and said that uh, this is essentially price fixing. You can't do what you're doing here. And they're going to file, they're ready to fight some other player compensation things as well. Uh, I had a, it's funny because uh, Kavanaugh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, one of the Supreme Court justices in the 9-0 decision against the NCAA, uh, said something to the effect of, Hey, this is like saying for the betterment of the restaurant and the customers enjoy tasting eating food from uh, underpaid cooks. <laughs> and I had I had actually had a tweet in the drafts ready of like months ago that I, for some reason I never tweeted out, which was I really enjoy the NCAA's argument that people like watching unpaid players play sports. It's much like when I go to a restaurant, I love the food tastes much better when I know the staff is underpaid. <laughs> and because it's just so silly. The, right. That argument is is now dead. And we're moving to this part where the real interesting part of this is going to be with name, image, and likeness, July 1st, these states are going to have their own rules, a bunch of them. And the others that don't, they're being encouraged for the schools in the states that don't have those laws upcoming those states are saying, hey, schools, individual schools, set your own rules, put them online and publish those online and let us know what those are. Like we've gone from NCAA needs to do something, federal government needs to do something, states needs to do something. All right, every school, just put your rules online and just let us know what you <laughs> I, I actually, Teddy Greenstein said something in his tweet in reaction to this that I thought was kind of like summed up where I was at with it. And, and he, it was at the end of his tweet. He said, Those pushing for a revolution in college sports 
better have answers to the thousands of questions created. And I would say that's where I'm at because I do think it's fair and, and the right thing to do in granting college athletes their name, image, and likeness and the ability to make money, right? But sometimes I was thinking about, like, sometimes what's fair and right may not, might, I mean, there's a, there could be a domino effect to that. And some of that domino effect might not be good to the entire entity. And I, I just think, like, it's easy, Schick, to identify and point out the things in life that aren't fair or aren't right. The hard part is finding a solution to those things. And we've been in the finger pointing business for years. And now people got to transition out of that and get in the solution oriented business with this stuff. And so I'm just, I don't want to succumb to the doomsday scenario. And, and, and again, I'm not anti these, these players being able to make money, but I'm just like, okay, I mean, is this, what is this going to look like? Is it just open season? Can you just open everything up, have no guidelines, no parameters around this thing at all? Is this going to eviscerate college athletics as we know it? And listen, maybe that's okay. We'll just have to get used to this new norm. But it feels like the timing of this NIL thing with the one free transfer rule creates a very, very interesting future, both short-term and long-term for college athletics and I'm just I'm I'm willing to say like I'm for this, but I am I'm I'm curious to see what this is all how all this is going to get executed, or am or am I like What's your reaction to that little mini rant there? Like, do you think am I in somewhere inside of me? Am I succumbing to this doomsday thing? So I'm not I don't I don't know if it's going to be doomsday, but like I don't know, just saying all right for open season, go ahead. Like, man, that's woo boy. I think there'll be restrictions that will prohibit it from getting too uncomfortable like the you know you can't have relationships with gambling or alcohol and all those things and those things that will make you hey this is an amateur sports or whatever that's going to be Uh, you can't have the schools in partnership with the athlete in these nil things but outside of that you're right i kind of equate this to if you wait to do something till you're ready, you'll never do it. Agree. Type of Agreed. thing. Like if you wait to have it till you're ready to have a child, you would never have children. Never. Because no one's ready to do it. You learn as you go. You fail. You stumble. You go. What the heck did we do? Why did we do this? You'll have three or four kids. Some days you'll think it's great. Some things you'll wonder. We, you like George Bailey. You call this a happy home? Why do we have all these children? Like this is. <laughs> Right. Those things. George, what's wrong? Wrong everything. Well, you call this a happy family. Why do we have to have all these kids? And that's what this is going to be. I don't think it's the doomsday scenario, doomsday scenario right. yeah, for college athletics, but there's no question that college athletics will more resemble professional sports with each passing day. Yeah, and I just... All right, time now for a quick timeout from our Emmy Award-winning conversation, uh, Marconi Award-winning conversation yes. that we're having here to discuss our friends at The Beanery. Paul does a great job at The Beanery, and I, I don't know how else to say this, but I think I speak for all of our listeners when I say... I like the Beanery a lot. I like Rex Burkhead a lot. And they have a lot of great food. I like their mandarin orange smoothie a lot. I like Rex Burkhead a lot. Um, and if I'm a little chilly or need a little pick-me-up, um, not going to lie, I like their cappuccino a lot. I like Rex Burkhead a lot. What do you like a lot? I like their lattes a lot. I like Rex Burkhead a lot. I like their hot tea a lot. I like Rex Burkhead a lot. I like their fruit smoothies a lot. I like Rex Burkhead a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the biggest thing I like is they got some caffeine up in that thing. 
That boy will bolt up in that thing. <laughs> they certainly do. What are we doing here? Um, no, I. They've got they've got all of these <laughs> great drinks. All of their hot drinks, by the way, can be made iced or frozen. And I would enjoy. I would encourage you to purchase the Schick and Nick drink. I'm not sure if it's on the menu. It's one of those things like, hey, give me the burger animal style, like it in and out, right? It's just it's yes. not on the menu, but it's the secret menu. It's the Schick and Nick drink, which is an iced uh, caramel pecan uh, latte. You can do it iced or hot. And um, let me just say, you can get that drink iced or hot. I like Rex Burkhead a lot. <laughs> and after your first sip, you're going to say, I like drinking. I like pitching. <laughs> this is the best right. read of all time. We saved the oh. best reads for the beanery because they got locations in Gretna, Ashland, and Papillion. So you got to get your beanery game right. And if you can't get to the beanery, how about the fact that all you got to do is email info at thebeanerycoffee.com. They are going to send a coffee truck to your business or school. They can make that happen. And then uh, when you see it coming, you say, there's a coffee truck up in that thing. Yeah, boy, we'll bolt up in that thing. I can't say it like you. Uh, <laughs> check it out. It's the beanery serving people coffee. Here's, here's what's hard is I'm, I'm like... There's so many there's so many things where I talk out of both sides of my mouth as I work this thing out in my head because on one hand I go I actually think now we might there might be when a flood of the market right away and then it'll normalize but I don't know where you come out on this shit but I think we are overestimating what all these athletes are actually going to make. We love to paint this picture like everyone across all of division one college football and everyone in high level division one college basketball are all going to be making like major six figures. And I just don't buy that. Like maybe Trevor Lawrence and Luca Garza and Doug McDermott back in the day, you know, and Amir Abdullah and Kenny Bell. And so like maybe some of those guys might make a, a, a decent amount of money but I'm just, I have a hard time buying into this idea that everybody's just going to be rolling in the money. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd struggle to, to see that. But that's a good thing, isn't it? Like, that's, yes. a, that's, a, that's a plus side to this. But at if the it's... same time, like, it is a plus side. And here's where it's hard because, like, when I first got to 1620 in 2009 and, and was doing Chicken Nick, I wasn't making as much money as Kevin Kugler. And you know why? Because I'm not Kevin Kugler, right? Like he he's his show's number one. He's super right. talented. He's doing all this other stuff. He's, I mean, the guy, there's a reason he was making what he was making and I was making what I was making. How is that dynamic gonna play out in a in a college locker room? Like if Omar Manning is making fill in the blank amount, he's making eighty-five thousand dollars. But Oliver Martin or Samori Torre is making five thousand dollars. Like, how is that going to play out amongst those guys? I think we we talk about wanting to introduce them to the real world. Well, welcome to the real world, pal. Not everybody's paid the exact same amount. You're paid what someone thinks you're worth. But I also worry about the team dynamics within that because sometimes I think like, okay, am I being naive to think that? a locker room full of 18 to 22 year old college athletes are going to really, really, really struggle with that. I think they, they might, I think that could create 
some issues. But listen, if that's an issue, then that's an issue. Whatever. Yeah, I think part of that is already happening right now. It's just about the the economy of attention where the running back gets all the love, the quarterback gets all the love, the offensive linemen don't. Those are the one the the quarterback gets all the stories written about him. The guy who catches all these footballs is the one that gets the stories written about him where the ones that block to make it happen do not. Right. So you already have that attention and media attention and all the love and praise and adoration and now you're just going to put dollar signs next to that. It's almost like in the NFL where the guy who just got drafted and hasn't played it down is making more money than maybe a 10-year vet, right? right? Like right. That's, that's happened. But to your point, when it happen, it's different when it happens with a 23- or 4- or 5-year-old than when it's an 18-, 19-, or 20-year-old. Yeah. These kids are going to have to grow up fast. But also, I feel like yesterday's 16-year-old is today's 21-year-old. Agree. Agree. I think people you know, are more equipped to handle those things today than they were yeah, they're, they're 15, 20 years ago. They're in that climate of social media right. and the attention and their games are on t- national TV and all that. So I, I think it's one of those things that will just adjust. But to your point about, like, it doesn't – you don't have to play well or score any points to be someone that can make a lot of money. Like, Absolutely. I always, I always bring up this point. Have you ever heard of Adrian Nunez? Do you know who that is? Yeah, how do, I do. That name rings a bell. It would only ring a bell if you cover a Michigan basketball game and you've uh, gone yeah, okay, through a that's board. Why I, that's why it he, rings a bell. He plays for Michigan basketball. Okay? And I put play in a relative term. Right. He doesn't play much. I think he played this past season 10 games all off the bench, three minutes a game, a point a game, whatever it is. He has 106 Instagram, 106,000 Instagram followers. Wow. One of the reasons is his girlfriend has a lot of followers, and she's uh, an athlete at, like, Shawnee State or something. But anyway, they post TikToks together, and he's very marketable. Those are the kind of athletes where you go, wow. Yeah, a lot of these athletes aren't going professional in sports. They're going to do something else when it's over, and this is their chance to do it. But to your point, these people who – and these athletes who are like, wait, who is that? Why is that? These people and some of these athletes are going to be making so much more in spite of their play, not because of it. And that's really going to be fascinating. That is going to be fascinating to see what what that – yeah, I mean, that's a great example of it where that guy might be making more than – he might be making one of the top three amount of you know money in, the, in that entire locker room, and he might not even average two points a game. And so I just I, – what's hard is I think – Again, I, I can't reiterate enough. Like I, I am for this because again, it's just there's something that feels fundamentally wrong when when someone can't make money off themselves, right? And then there's it also it's hard to call something amateur when when we talk about this, when these in the NCAA tournament March Madness media rights are a billion dollars and. These coaches are making five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year. You know, I think I, I watched some special. I think it was on Vice. It was uh, it was Jeremy Bloom did something on. Oh yeah, uh, and and I think it was Arian Foster had a line. He goes, "Well, if if I'm an amateur athlete, then my coach should be amateur too." And it's like, it's just there's so many inconsistencies where the things just fall like. You know the the whole argument of it falls apart. Where it's like, okay, if this is amateur athletics, then why is Nick Saban making eight nine million dollars a year, right? Like, and if right. this is amateur athletics, why are the media rights going for a billion dollars on these things? And if if 
and that's where it, it, it falls apart. And so again, it's like there's just from a what's fair and what's right standpoint, it's just it's this this is amazing that it kind of took this long for this to get changed. But that doesn't change the fact that I get a little not I don't know concerned. I'm just like okay, well, like what's this going to look like? You know, like I mean. Because I, I, I feel like, you know, the Jay Billises of the world are just like, you know what, free market, open it up, let them do their thing. And, and I, on one hand, I'm for that. On the other hand, I think that creates a whole litany of issues. But I also kind of don't know how else you do it, Chick. Like how else, like you said, like, oh, we'll have to make like, hopefully there's, there's caps on different things or whatever. Like, well, how, I mean, I don't know how, what that looks like. Yeah, I think I don't know that there are caps. I just think it's here's what it's going to be. Just disclose your relationships, disclose your business enterprises, your influencer agreements, all those things. Make sure they're approved by the school. Make sure we know exactly what you're doing. You know, how many social media posts does it take? How are you going to frame those posts? What does that look like? You know, maybe we'll set a time each day for you to do those types of things. But I think just making sure the school knows exactly what you're doing is going to be the most important thing. And then when it comes to, you know, money, I mean, people are going to have to learn how to fill out a 1099 right. or a W-2 or right. whatever. I mean, that's like you talk about real world stuff. People are going to figure out the devil in the details and all this that, yeah, it's, it might be worth it for those that are making a lot of money, but for the many that won't. Is it worth the hassle? I guess we'll figure it out. But then softball players being able to hold camps and get paid for those things in the summer. Uh, there's just a lot of benefit to it that I'm with you. It's really it's murky. It's different. But then I think a year or two from now, we'll all be like, oh, I guess that we'll wasn't adjust. so bad. I mean, that's kind of how yeah, I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, you adjust to the new norm. Like, I mean, it's yeah. it'll feel weird for a while because this is it's abnormal. But eventually abnormal can become normal. And that's, that's how it is. I do think... Uh, now, to be fair, I think a lot of the elite uh, programs, very, whether you're talking college basketball, college football, are in college towns. But I do think something like this helps actually a Nebraska and even a Creighton for that matter, where it's like there is no pro team, right? Like no matter what, and maybe I'm wrong, but like no matter what, Nikola Jokic is a bigger deal in Colorado than LaVisca Chenault was. You know, like, or, you know, insert any sort of, like, right. any sort of pro market. Like no, like, no matter what, Anthony Davis is a bigger deal than the USC four-star tight end who might catch three touchdowns in a season. Right. But I tell you what, in Lincoln, Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska, and the state of Nebraska, Kenny Bell, uh, Adrian Martinez, they're as big of a deal as anybody because there is no other alternative that is superior to them in terms of a market for an athlete and I think that's something that could ultimately help a place like Nebraska potentially schools like Alabama advertise the amount of money you can make when you turn pro uh, yeah. that is not an advantage Nebraska has had Nebraska in turn could advertise the amount of money you could make while you're in school right in that location it used to be, hey, look at how much money you can make in three to four years when you leave. Now it's look how much money you can make in three to four minutes when you come to campus. Yep. And that's what it's going to be. And that's, that's yeah. I don't know if that gives Nebraska an advantage, but it certainly is something they could use to their benefit. Yeah, and, I can't wait yeah. to talk to your like for you to talk to some of your recruiting guys at ESPN of just like it's crazy to think that that's gonna be a part of the pitches, Shick. Like it's 
when when Scott Frost sits down with these people, it's it's like, hey, here's here's what we do with our slot receivers, da 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 da. Here's our graduation rates. Here's and here's our NIL. Our average wide receiver makes X amount. We project that someone like you, like the, I mean, can you even say we've talked to a handful of businesses that'd be very interested? Like I, I just want like, and we project at Nebraska this would be your annual NIL. And then that kid might go home and say, okay, uh, you know, Minnesota thinks I'm going to make 28000 Nebraska says 52000 I'm going to go to Nebraska. You know, I just it's just amazing that that's now going to be a part of it, I assume. And the young kids that think about money tomorrow instead of money five years from now, you know, maybe you that's could kind of get them. The challenge is, and this is where it's tough, is that you just wish there were more recruits locally to capitalize on that. Right, Because you, you still have a program where the average distance from their home high school is more than 700 miles. Right. And that is tough to overcome. But one of the ways you can overcome that is to say, look, it's worth the distance for you to do this. And here's the issue. You still need to win, and you need to win this year. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, sure, you're going to cut me a check, but are we going to win five, five games or ten games? Right. Right? Like, so – the performance on the field in many ways will open the door and correlate to the amount of money you can make unless you are a social media star. Otherwise, you still want to be companies and, and corporations and even local media entities and private businesses are still going to want to be attached to successful people on right. the field. Right. And frankly, was Adrian Martinez marketable last year? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. And I mean, he was at one point, he was super marketable at one point, but his market value it's at, over the course of, of his career has probably dwindled. And because you brought up something interesting too, is like, I mean, shoot, you, a lot of college is learning, learning how to manage your time, right? Like learning, like you are, your mom's not waking you up and forcing you to get out of the, you know, get out the door and all this stuff. Like you got to get to your 8 a.m. class and then you got to get to study hall. Then you got to get to weights and you got to get to practice. Then you got to get to this other night class and all that stuff. Like adding some of this other stuff on top of it is going to be interesting for these guys to, to, to manage their time. But again, I think that's a, that's, you know, we talk about wanting real world experience in college. That's a pretty good, a pretty good experience to have and then the other thing the 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 best argument I've heard against like it, it was from Jay Billis where some people say well what's stopping someone like you know a T Boone Pickens or a Phil Knight to just you know write an enormous check and just pay all like pay all their athletes an enormous amount of money is well why why hasn't Phil Knight gone to Nick Saban and basically said here's a blank check like we'll pay you anything like the, there there is the open market and yet Phil Knight is hiring Dana Altman and not you know somebody else because there's everybody has a price to a certain extent so i also think as i try to sound this thing out like that's one of the best arguments i've i've heard in terms of anybody that wants to pay like these kids are going to be getting paid crazy amounts of money it's like eh well the open market existed for a lot of these coaches and it's not like some of these big boosters that we're talking about or people affiliated with certain universities they didn't necessarily go and just write an enormous check for one of these said coaches if they're not gonna if Phil Knight's not gonna write a hundred million dollar whatever thing to Nick Saban is he really gonna write an enormous check 
to a 17-year-old left tackle that may or may not ever pan out at Oregon? I, I don't know. And whatever you do, you're setting the precedent. You're setting the market. Yes. So if you're going to pay a bunch of players with side businesses and side deals, you got to keep keep it going. You right. know, this is right. There's also the long term play. There was a recruit that went up to Oregon uh, recently, and that that to me, Oregon and their relationship with Nike is one that you talk about an enticement. Yes. Where there's a recruit who went up there pretty high-level recruit, and one of his quotes was, I'm reading it here, he said, I love what they have planned for the future, especially with name, image, and likeness coming into play. The presentation that they gave me shows me that they're leaps and bounds ahead of any other school, Mm. right? Like, this is all about personal brand, not team achievement, right? So... He says, uh, Oregon is always going to get the publicity because of their uniforms alone. But then he says, just having that brand behind me, the Oregon brand behind me, and then just how they're ahead of the game. They have Nike as one of their big backers. Nike uses Oregon for a lot of their test subjects, for a lot of products and things like that. So when they're actually able to reach out to us, I could have a Nike deal, in a sense, in college. That would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about that. Like, they're the one school that I do, I, I kept using them as an example as to why like, they may not pay an exorbitant amount of money but like with the nike thing and the ability to just say yes uh this player is endorsing nike and this is what we're paying him like yeah it can be as simple as that and it's maybe a little more complicated for other businesses you know so i don't know but these are all the things that that like i said at the top with that with what teddy greenstein tweeted out was just like those pushing for a revolution in college sports better have answers to the thousands of questions created. And I'm just, I'm now at the point where like, okay, like we're all agree that this is the right thing to do. I mean, the Supreme Court, who, which can't ever agree on anything, literally they can't ever unanimously agree on like anything. They unanimously agreed on this. We're all pretty much on board, but okay, like what's, I'm just so fascinated with what this is going to ultimately look like. Yeah. I'm with you. And that recruit I mentioned was a top 10 recruit in the uh, class of 2022, an offensive lineman out of IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. There's a guy who's going to Florida, an IMG Academy, who visited Eugene and goes, huh, that's interesting. It's pretty good over there. This not bad. Across the entire country, and, and maybe this is the best spot for me to grow my brand. The whole growing your brand yep. and capitalizing off your NIL is, in my opinion, going to become the most important thing in recruiting. Yep. And you could you could make the argument neck and neck with success on the field because I think those things are intertwined. Mm-hmm. And so I think what you're going to find is, back to the Nebraska conversation, yes, you could be the big fish in a small pond, but to keep the analogy going, how many waves are you making in Lincoln, right? What does it look like on the field? What does it look like off the field? How's the team performing? And... It's the kind of thing that I think in a few years you'll have the proof about whether it's working or not and whether Nebraska is going to be able to catch up and be on par with some of these big programs in terms of what they can offer or if they're getting left behind. Right. And it's going to become pretty apparent very quickly. I yeah, think. And I think, I mean, you, you even think about this new facility, $155 million right. facility Nebraska's building. It's like, I mean, in the future, are you more apt to, to, to quote-unquote raise money and have that not go for a slide in your new practice facility, but have that money go, go towards some sort of plan on how you are basic, basically your salary cap, right? Like here's our, here's our salary cap, right? And 
this is what this is our pool of money that is going to be used to disperse amongst our recruits and our current players. Like, I wonder if you'll start seeing a little bit of that as well. Like, the value of facilities are going to start to potentially go down, and some of that money that would get raised for a new a new basketball practice facility is could get efforted towards some way of having it going straight into the pockets of the players, which is, I think, what a lot of people have, have asked for or wanted when they've argued for this thing. But still, it's just like how that all gets executed, man, is going to be interesting. I like sales pitching. I like pitching. Oh, yeah! <laughs> just to bring it all the way back around. Well, I, I think that'll do it for this uh, this episode. We really, I, you know what I liked most about it was serious. just how you analyzed the College World Series. I thought you did. Good. It was good. Well, what, am I missing a lot? Is it? A, I mean, what am I missing, man? No, I mean, you know, as we're recording this, a couple of teams have won games, a couple of teams have lost games, um, and um, we'll see what happens moving forward. I mean, I think people come here for the analysis. I like pitching. I think so. what my problem was, I mean, you remember this. I mean, you used to get your sidelines game, game right, but like, being being at sixteen twenty for a decade, when the co- the college world series would come and it was a super stressful time, in terms of you know you're you're sometimes doing some, you know six seven eight hours of radio, certain days and you're and it, it just would get it would be long and like it, and you almost got to where it was like when you didn't have to be it consume the CWS at all or be down there you didn't want to be down there right. and I feel like I need. I need a few years of removed from the College World Series to get to where I'm like ready to immerse myself back into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're if you're not being paid to cover it, and you don't have tickets, are you sitting in front of the TV to watch it? Right. Yeah, like right. And I think we. I like swimming. I like pitching. <laughs> very, very and and I like ending the pod. I like pitching. I'm not happy about that. Chicken Nick. Yeah. Chicken Nick. Yeah. Chicken Nick show. Yeah. Yes! Yes! And uh, say stay, f- uh, say say uh, say little say stay and in in Lincoln as a buffalo, my man. What in the hell are you talking about? A Huda Media Production.